Well, Stephen, I was hanging out in the data warehouse the other day, and the data scientists were clamoring, clamoring to get back on the show. Yeah, and the data warehouse, they were just moving lots of bytes on the forklifts and stuff. and <laughs> Bytes everywhere. Yeah, there were bytes everywhere on pallets, and then they had to clean them up and put them into gigabytes and move them around. So there was a lot going on. This is Richard Cullen, and I'm a little big-ass runner from McKinney, Texas. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff, and his euphonious voice, Harold, and Stephen with the running gait of a gazelle prick. Steven, that's Richard, our running buddy. I know. Richard, just everybody knows, is one of our guys that we run with on a regular basis, and he is amazing. And he, what did he call you again? Like, I'm offended. He called, called me a phonius. Uh, uh, he called you a phony. That is ridiculous. A big old Clydesdale phonius. I, th- I thought we were friends. That's what I thought, too. Not anymore. Yeah. No, thanks, Richard, for doing that. He, <laughs> he's actually a great runner. He ran Rocky Raccoon. Remember last year? Yeah, he beat my time. He beat your time. I was trying to trip him and slow him down. And he ran in backwards. I know, exactly. Just to one-up you. Just to show off. Well, goodness gracious, Steven. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. And I'm Steven Print. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner. Steven, this is episode number 61. I can't believe it. It's like we just did episode number 60. Feels like last week. I know. It really not does. even sure. Well, we have a fun episode planned. We have you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this, Stephen. What? You have to be ready for this. I'm sitting down. We have we haven't done this in a while. Oh. We have someone that's gonna share their very first trail race. Oh, I love these. These are great. Yes, we've done a couple in the past. We love it because it's been quite a few years since we did our first trail race. Yeah. And we love to hear the perspective, the fresh new eyes of someone that does their very first one, maybe even a roadrunner right. who now hit the trails. <laughs> we love that. Yeah. I think it's nice, too, because we do have a lot of new listeners, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. But it's like you said, it's nice to remember that and to keep things in focus. You know, sometimes we can get caught up on finishing or trying to just do a new PR, but it's like back to the basics. What's a PR? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen one for a while. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in quite a while. And segment number two, Stephen, you know who's back? Who? It's not one of the Bazers. Uh-oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. You know who it is? It's the data scientists. You know, I've been getting emails and text messages from them asking when they can be on. And I just told them that you have to just wait. But they came to us with some ideas. And so I'm like, okay, fine. You guys can be back on again. And you know what else they came to us with? What? Bitcoin. Really? I don't even know what that is. But they said, we're going to offer you, some, we're going to data mine some Bitcoin. Wow. And hand it over. <laughs> Next well, time you're in the data warehouse? Uh, yeah. And I said, well, gosh, that's an offer I can't refuse. Well, they were talking about dodgy coin, and I thought that was like a game you play in middle school with the rubber balls in gym. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't have time for dodgeball. And they're like, no, it's dodgy coin. And I'm like, you're going to throw coins at me? Well, that's not bad. That's not. It's like if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to figure out what all that stuff is. Well, the data scientists are going to be here. So look look forward to that. But before we get to that, Stephen, uh-huh. we have what we would call, I think, 
a few housekeeping items to touch on. Oh, are we cleaning up something? We probably need to. <laughs> okay. We probably need to clean up our act. <laughs> because we never make mistakes. This is a little bit of a shocker to me. I know. Well, Steve and I are both in marketing, and we're big brand people. Yep. We love building brands. We, we're kind of brand loyal. We find a brand we like. We kind of stick with it. Yep. I'm very brand loyal on a lot of things. Yeah. Part of our brand, Stephen, uh-huh. is at the Big Ass Runner, is sometimes <laughs> we mispronounce things. Sometimes we get you know little data points wrong, and it, it really frustrates the data scientists. I'm sure it's just nuanced little things. Very little things. <laughs> we made a couple of just slight errors in uh-huh. a few episodes over the last several weeks that I thought we would you know just straighten out a little bit. I can't. Uh, this has to be a very short list. I can't imagine us making any errors or erroneous comments or f- maybe even some fake news. I some can't believe fake that. news. It's just a couple little things. Okay. Well, when I was talking about the greatness of the Wheeler shorts from Path Projects a few weeks ago, right. I said I love to wear them with my Airbirds. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I was kind of remembering that a little bit, and I was like. Huh, that's a brand I'm not really familiar with. <laughs> well, that's because it doesn't exist, Stephen. Oh. What I meant to say, and you have, actually, you turned me onto this brand, I believe. I it's think so. called All Birds. Yes. Because the shoes are made all from birds. All the bird parts. They just get all those dowel feathers together and put them in the soles, and, yep. and they're just light and fluffy. That's right. So... My mistake, it is not Airbirds, it is Allbirds. That's number one. Well, here's the thing, though. If Michael Jordan ever decided to make those kind of shoes, they would be called Airbirds. That's probably where I got <laughs> messed up, is I was thinking about Air Jordans. Right, and he does fly like a bird. He has the wingspan of a bird. That's true. So Maybe I could, it wasn't a mistake after all. He's probably listening to the show and thinking, here's my next line. It's going to be called... <laughs> The Airbirds. Airbirds. MJ, let's talk. All right. Hit us up on the Instagram. Yeah. So mistake number two, Stephen. Okay. You made the correct, by the way, you were correct. You said, I forget what we were talking about. I think we were talking about movies. Yeah. You said there is one blockbuster left. That's correct. In the United States. That's correct. And I said, absolutely, you're you're right, Stephen. (laughs) And it is in California. (laughs) And our great audio engineer, Steve, when he was in post-production, correctly buzzed me (laughs) because it is not in California. It is, in fact, in the state of Oregon and more specifically in a town we both love. Bend, Oregon. That's true. We might have bent the truth on that one, but we brought it back around. And yes, that is correct. It is in Bend, Oregon. It is the last blockbuster known to man, but it is holding up strong and we're going very steady. You know what Bend is famous for, Stephen? Um, running. Running? Well, that's yes. That's actually Eugene. U- Eugene? Yes. It's known for having the last blockbuster. Yep. And <laughs> it's probably obvious by now. Right. It's known for golf courses. Really? But it's most known as the hometown of one Sarah Vandernoot. Really? Did you know that? I, I think did, that's, I I did get not know that. that. I bet her blockbuster card still works very well. And any VHS tape that she wants, she can probably still go get. 
Absolutely. So that's that's another mistake that I made. Yeah. So sorry about that. Bend, Oregon. Give you some major props. Yeah. yeah love Bend. Actually, I, I've been in Bend several times. It it's, is beautiful. It is pretty. Sorry, California, but you know you have in and out. You can take that. So <laughs> that's right. Well, Jeff, there was another mistake too. We predicted one of our favorite shows, Ted Lasso. We've talked about that before. We predicted that they would win. 24 Emmys. They were only nominated for like, I think 12, but we thought they were going to be overachievers. Yeah. And they unfortunately did not. They only won three, but they won three really good ones. They won some biggies. Yeah. So I think it was best actor. Whoa. Best supporting actor and best supporting female actress. Nice. Yeah. So congratulations to Ted Lasso and being curious. Yes. For all of you that have been listening to the show, you know, we've been on that show. We played a clip. Yep. Before a lot of people were. So you are legally Right. Exactly. We played that clip extremely legally. (laughs) Extremely on brand and legally. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, so those three things we got wrong. Yeah. Anything? Did we get anything right or is there anything coming up that's that we're going to get right? We get a lot of things right. You know what else we got right, though, Stephen, is we asked for some reviews. Oh, wow. And we said, hey, if we get any, which would be great, <laughs> we'll actually read them on the air. And guess what? What? We got two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are overachieving on episode number 61. Yes, we got two. And the first one is from PDC Runner. Five stars. It says, give them a listen. And the notes here says, if you agree that runners, especially ultra runners, are a little weird, then this show is for you. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. I mean, speaking about being on brand, that is totally right. Yes. PDC Runner, thank you for that. And the next one is from, ooh, we know this. This is from Tom. Basketball Dad, too. Remember, he did an intro like oh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, he probably wears Airbirds. He probably does wear Airbirds. He says, must listen, five stars, absolutely love this podcast, good, clean, fun, very entertaining. He obviously has not listened to an episode with Marcy on it yet, but... (laughs) (laughs) Semi-clean fun. Semi-clean fun, wholesome, very entertaining. Well, I mean, honestly, Jeff, at the end of the day, if you guys can be encouraged, entertained, at least occupied, and not thinking about the pain while you're running, then I think we've hit a home run. Then we've done our job. And the last thing, big announcement, Stephen. What? Are you ready for this? I'm sitting down again. We have been working with the data scientists, with anyone that understands the intrawebs, that understands digital things. Zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. We've been trying to create a brand new Big Ass Runner website. And I'm happy to announce that we now have a brand new BigAssRunner.com website. Wow, that's amazing. Now, before you log on, you're going to need to make sure that you upgrade your monitor because it is a big-ass website, and you're going to need to yeah. make sure that all the, I think they're called pixels, are in place. Well, that's really interesting, Jeff, and really super exciting. Do they take Dogecoin and Bitcoin on there, or... I mean, do we just... We will take whatever you got. We will <laughs> we will mine for whatever you got in your pocket. Now, we do have some new merch. We do? Like what? We've got some new Big Ass Runner Heather Gray t-shirts. Ooh. Both in a crew neck and a V-neck, Stephen. I love me a deep V while I'm running. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> and you're not gonna believe this we have new coffee mugs wow that also they're so big ass that they also <laughs> serve as kettlebells that's awesome they're amazing yeah you can actually take them and put them on the floor for your dog and they can lap out of it or if you're just really tired and need some extra big ass coffee that's right yeah you might want to do some curls with these so they are kind of hefty the shipping fee is just a slight amount of money because they're made out of cast iron. But other than that... No, they are awesome. That's actually my favorite mug. I drink out of it every morning. So really? Yes. I got one for like advanced. Whoa. Yeah, how about that? I have a big-ass morning. That's right. Have a big-ass morning. Well, with that, Stephen, let's get going on episode number 61 of The Big-Ass Runner. Well, Stephen, as we mentioned in the open, we love it when we hear from people who are running their very first trail race. You know, we are on this crusade to move people. We love the roads. Right. Nothing wrong with the roads. For, fact, for driving. For, for, for driving. <laughs> well, we're doing a road marathon in December. It's my first one. I've never run a road marathon before, so I guess it's good for something. It, it, it's fun. But we also love it when people move to the trail. Yeah, I think we're like trail evangelists. If we could do that, we would want to evangelize trail running and convert them from their ways of getting their asphalts taken off the street and converted over to the nice dirt and vertical nature and trees of trail running. Well, there's cars, there's gum, there's just all kinds of problems. Smog. Move over where there's snakes and roots and rocks. Come on. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go out, you might as well go naturally. (laughs) That's right. Well, we have one of our listeners and we have had her do an intro before. This is Megan Opperman, she goes by Runstoppable Mo on Instagram. Could not be any, any truer. She's just plowing through all these races and things. Can't stop her. Well, she did her very first trail race, Stephen. So we're going to hear from Megan. This is Megan Opperman's very first trail run. Hey, it's Mo, Runstoppable Mo on Instagram, and I've been a runner for about three years, but despite the fact that I discovered I much prefer running on trails about two years ago, I finally completed my first ever official trail race. I ran Piney Woods. That was in Tyler State Park, and I did the 10K distance. I ran that with my boyfriend, Craig. And it was so much fun. What made it even more amazing was we decided to go and camp for the weekend with a group of four of us. And so it was a weekend-long camping trip with a trail race in the middle. Highly recommend. I'm going to definitely be doing that any opportunity I get again. Like I said, we're in the 10K distance, and Craig and I trained together. So we decided to run it together, alternating who was in the lead, setting the pace. And at one point, we had what I'm definitely filing under trail bloopers. (laughs) So the course was a level four difficulty, and there were a lot of roots, rocks, and loose dirt and sand. So people were hitting the ground right and left. And I almost hit the ground so many times. But for the most part, I was proud of my training. I was able to get my feet back out uh, from under my uh, fall and right myself just in time. However, in this one instance, luckily, Craig was in the lead at that point. 
because I hit just the right route and it managed to snag up both of my feet. And despite my best efforts to correct myself, I knew I was about to hit the ground. So I sped my feet up. I tried to get them out from under me. And at one point, though, I realized that this route was going to win. And normally in these types of situations, I'm only able to utter like random weird sounds that make no sense to anyone. But for some reason, in this instance, I was able to yell, I'm going down as I reached out with my right arm and grabbed the back of Craig's shirt. At that point, I'm able to twist my body. So instead of face first to the trail, I am heading big ass runner side right to the trail. But at this moment, Craig reacts like a ninja, reaches his right arm back, loops it under my left arm and is able to hold me up. So I don't hit the ground. I am like two inches from the ground, but I somehow don't hit. And this was not only the funniest thing that we had ever done, but the people behind us thought it was pretty hilarious as well. And honestly, for the next couple miles, we would randomly just burst out into laughter because of how funny and (laughs) once in a lifetime that awesome catch was. It was like a weird reverse trust fall that we somehow found our way into. Uh, But anyway, the race was amazing. It was definitely difficult. It was a challenge. It was a very humid morning, and I do not very well in heat and humidity. I am a cold weather runner, Colorado native, though I live in Texas for the last 10 years. I love the cold. Uh, So here in the winter, that's where I will shine. So I've definitely signed up for some late fall and winter races. And on that note, I actually have an announcement. I have decided to set myself a pretty big challenge. The longest distance I've ever run so far was a half marathon. Uh, Like I said, I started running three years ago, and on my birthday, April of 2019, I completed my first ever 5K, and before that, I was very much like Marcy. I did not think running was in any way a good idea to do on purpose, so having run that first 5K and enjoyed it was a big deal for me. So a year later, in April of 2020, I challenged myself to a half marathon, and I had to run it virtual because there were no live races, so I ran this half marathon through my neighborhood, and again, it felt very accomplished, so I decided it was only fitting that in April of 2021, I would complete a marathon. Well, with the marathons being canceled and postponed and everything being so uncertain, I just really lost interest, and I never officially started training and my heart just wasn't in it. And every time I thought about it, I just was dreading having to train for that marathon. And though I wanted that accomplishment, I really just didn't feel connected to it until this weekend when I saw the 25K, 50K and 100K runners and all their family and friends cheering them on with uh, little cheer tents that they had set up toward the finish line where the runners looped through on their way onto their next loop. And I realized that the problem wasn't with the 26.2 distance. The problem is that I had my sights set on a road marathon and nothing against road marathons, but there's just something that happens when I hit the trail. I completely come alive. So I have decided that I will tackle that 26.2 distance or something equivalent because usually in trail running, We don't end up with those traditional road running distances. So again, thinking about how my birthday weekend has always been a good weekend for these running milestones, I decided to look and see if there was something 26.2-ish 
for the weekend of April 29th in 2022. And it just so happens Pandora's Box of Rocks has a 26.2 distance on April 29th and 30th. So there you have it, guys. I'm going to sign up for it. And I've announced it here so that I feel accountable to this goal because it's definitely easy to have a goal in my head and give myself the out to pass. But I know this community is so supportive and I appreciate this podcast and the social media followings that I've gained in the last year. So there you have it. I would love it if any of the big ass running herd are out there for that race in April. Definitely stop by my campsite. I will have extra birthday goodies for everyone. Steven, we have a trail running convert. I know. I feel like this is a holy moment here. So that's awesome. Congratulations, Mo. We are pumped for you. She said a few things that just cracked me up. First of all, her reverse. No, wait, wait. Hang on. I got to get this right. Her weird <laughs> reverse trust fall. That was awesome. Yeah. But it was big ass runner style, which of was course. which was awesome. Yeah. I think she said that her boyfriend was the ninja, but it sounded like she was actually the ninja. I think they both have like cat-like reflexes. And if you don't follow Mo, she is, like she mentioned, runstoppable underscore Mo. There are some sweet pictures of her and her boyfriend running this race. And get this, Jeff, they have matching pink outfits going on. One- onesies? No, well, no, not onesies. No, that... <laughs> It's not not singlets, but really really cool story. So singlet, I always get that wrong. I yeah, call it a onesie every time. It's not a onesie, right? The other thing that cracked me up is the little cheer tents she talked about. Right, I, I love the cheer tents. Those are the best. Yeah, I've never had one, but they look amazing. I've heard other people get cheered from them, but I've never had one either. Yeah, if you guys ever run the Rocky Raccoon race, which is a big one here in, in Texas, there's like this whole alley it's a like very a shoot yeah it's a long shoot and there are tents and people on either side and uh, that's always fun but yeah isn't that awesome that she's been running for three years and then after two years of trail running she's going to be she did her first trail running race and signing up for another big one that's exciting well i'm not surprised first of all that she got the bug because you know when you compare the road to the trail like she said you come alive on the trails but also she's from colorado so it's in her blood yeah it's in her dinner it's in her dinner. What does that mean? DNA. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> You're dropping it and I was not picking it up. That's right. No worries. Well, thank you, Megan slash Unstoppable Mo, for sharing that very first trail race story. We love hearing that. We love hearing, like we said, those fresh perspectives and all those funny stories. So thanks for sharing that. That's Megan's first trail race. Well, Stephen, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. Who do we have this week? 
So Jeff, we actually have a local, and I was gonna say native, which is probably the same thing, runner that's unique to our area. It is the one and only Jen Kirkpatrick. Yay, Jen. What did she do? She, she's always just doing something epic. What was it this time? So this time, Jeff, she did the Grindstone 100. And that is not 100 meters. It is not 100 inches, 100 feet, or even 100 kilometers. It is 100 miles and it was in the great state of Virginia. And I've heard about this race. It, it's known as one of the most difficult 100 mile races out there. So it's this, a grind. It's a grind. There's stones everywhere. This was a big, this is an epic finish. And Steven, I think she did really, really well in this race. Yeah. So get this, Jeff. She was seventh overall female in the whole entire race. Again, 100 miles. And then she was the first Masters finisher Whoa. of the race, too. So, And I believe there was another race that she ran with us, and she did a longer distance, but she also was the first female finisher in that race yeah, as well. Yeah, she's crushing it. Way to go, Jen. She's out there just getting it done. We see her out at Irwin Park a lot, and just a machine. When I grow up, I want to be Jen. I think that's really what the new slogan is. That's exactly right, Stephen. Well, way to go, Jen. Well, Stephen, I was hanging out in the data warehouse the other day, and the data scientists were clamoring, clamoring to get back on the show. Yeah, in the data warehouse, they were just moving lots of bytes on the forklifts and stuff. and <laughs> Bytes everywhere. Yeah, there were bytes everywhere on pallets, and then they had to clean them up and put them into gigabytes and move them around, so... There was a lot going on. I felt a little bit out of place in the warehouse, but yeah, they were done doing all of that work and really wanted to be back on the show. If you've ever seen a data scientist driving a forklift, it's a little sketch, a little sketchy. Yeah. Get out of the way. Yeah. It's funny because after they were done, we asked them if they wanted some pie and they were like, I love 3.14 to the whatever. And I was like, no, no. Like we want to say thank you for doing all that hard work. We actually have literal pie for you and that was really confusing for them so yeah it, it is a little confusing when you hang out with them but at the end of the day they're just really good people with really good calculators well i can tell you one thing Stephen. it wasn't pumpkin pie yeah because that does not compute <laughs> it does not compute well i was in there and i was checking the instagram the big ass runner instagram so i got this message from sheila and it said interesting topic your data scientists might enjoy Happy Friday to my favorite knuckleheads. <laughs> the data scientist? No, us. We're, uh, her, we're her favorite knuckleheads. Oh, okay. I'm just glad to be someone's favorite something. That's true. Yeah. And it's a running magazine article that says, what type of trail runner are you according to science? And when I said the word science, Stephen. Right. You should have seen the flurry of activity that was going on in the data warehouse. Yeah, they track everything we do on our phones and computers here at the Big Ass Headquarter. And so they kind of saw that coming. Uh, what I really appreciate about them, too, is they don't just take information. They have to analyze the information. And we may make a few mistakes here and there, but their job is to fact check and to make sure that there's no fake news going on. And so they really wanted to see if this article held up. Well, there was a lot of clustering happening. I can tell you that much. There was some... It was a cluster. <laughs> there was some data mining. They were putting together some data sets. But when they heard that, they said, El Jefe, we're going to go figure out the three kinds of runners. And I said, 
but there's already an article that exists. I think we have the answer said, no, 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 that's not how it works. Oh, yeah. They're like, listen, Jeff, there's predictive modeling that we have to do. That is essentially the number one thing that you have to do. Then you actually have to go back in and reprioritize, defrag that data. And once it's defragged after that, then the mining team comes in that works next to the to the warehouse, basically, and they go underground with the data. They mine it all up. And then once they're completed with that, then they bring all the outliers to them and then have the quartiles all set up to say, here's the real information. Do you think the data miners know how to work their headlamps, unlike myself? <laughs> That's true. They all have black diamond little <laughs> torches that they use. Yes. No canaries needed in that mine. But we've wondered sometimes when they come out, they have too much like bites or bit dust on them. So true. And they usually make us leave the data warehouse at this point because right. there's so much of this going on. Plus, there's Funyuns flying everywhere. There's Mount Dew being spilt. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah, and they clearly know when they want us to leave. So we let them to their work, and then they sent us a Slack message and said, we've got some replies back for you. Yes, they said, we've figured it out, and there are definitely three types of runners. And I said, right, because that's what the article was about. They said, no, no, we figured it out. It's different. We have different results than what your little article had, El Jefe. And here's what the three runners are. You want to you hear what they said, Stephen? You're not going to believe this. Yeah. And I, I would say, too, that obviously they've never met Sheila before. So I'm like, you better make sure this information's right because we might be knuckleheads, but you guys and gals might be something else. So. Yeah, you better buy her some candy corn at the, the very minimum. <laughs> well, here's what they said. There's three types of runners, Jeff. There's a pantyhose runner. There's a tablecloth runner. And there's a movie set runner. Really? <laughs> And that was what I said. Okay. So they were trying to say that the running magazine that was done with lots of data and research, they said that that was not the correct information. That's right. They said there's a pantyhose runner. It is a series of stitches that have come undone from a knitted garment, especially <laughs> stockings or tights. Really? That's what I said. Well, <laughs> I said, really? I would question the data scientists, and maybe they wear different clothes, but maybe the female data scientists, do they actually still wear pantyhose? I don't know. Does anyone wear pantyhose anymore? Yeah. I only remember, okay, this is totally going to date myself, but the ones that you come in the little eggs. And I was like, oh, yeah. The, I don't know what kind they were, but they always came in, uh, in, in little eggs. Didn't the bandits in Home Alone wear pantyhose over their heads? They were the wet bandits. <laughs> the wet bandits. <laughs> yeah. So that was their first what kind of runner, pantyhose runner. Then they said tablecloth runner. They said, Jeff, that's a, a narrow length of cloth laid on top of tablecloths or a bare table. It's used in a variety of ways. You lay it down at the center of the table for decoration. You lay it down to find seating or you use it to carry out a theme. Yeah, clearly, I think they were very confused. When we brought up that whole pie thing, they must have been thinking about Thanksgiving. And so they were ready to run a, a runner tablecloth with, you know, the kind that has the hand-sewn macrame turkey on it with the fall leaves and the pilgrims that are cross-stitched on there. We all have those and love we, those. We do. And I threw them for a loop because I said, are you talking about a doily? 
And oh. you should have seen the look on their face when I said doily. They're like, no, Doyle works in the da- in the mining system, not in the warehouses. I'm like, okay, That's exactly whatever. right. Yeah. And then they said the third kind of runner is a movie set runner. This is someone that's under the direction of the producer or the production staff. They undertake basic tasks that are required. They smooth out the production process. They're also known as production assistants or production runners. And again, Stephen, I, th- I thought, I think you may have a misunderstanding on our hands here. Yeah, I think when we were talking about Blockbuster and how Oregon is a really good running state and there's Eugene, Oregon and stuff, they might have thought about, well, maybe these guys are running back and forth to Blockbuster. But once again, Jeff, I think we had to tell them thanks so much for your help on that. But I think we're going to stick with Sheila's article. And I'd love to hear from you, Jeff, on what are the types of runners? Yeah, I, I straightened them out. I said, data scientist, you forgot one key word, trail runner. There's three uh... kinds of trail runners. Here's what the article says, because I think the article is based on science. Mm-hmm. And when they heard that, they went, okay. All right. So basically, these researchers studied 14 trail runners during a 44K race. Wow. They measured their speed and other quantitative data. Boy, that got them excited. Love me some quant. (laughs) Before the race, each runner completed a sociological questionnaire to determine their motives. And at the end of each lap, this is an eight- loop course that sounds familiar i'm glad we don't do that for our podcast so true completing sociological questionnaires exactly the runners also stopped for 10 minutes to assess their perception of effort and effective veil i don't even know what that means to record any fluctuations during the event well based on all of this data that they put together and compiled they found that there's three kinds of trail runners the first one, Stephen, is called the resilient. Ooh. That sounds cool, huh? That's, yeah. The authors note that for this group of runners, a trail race is an initiation race, a life course where one finds oneself. The race is like a representation of life and of overcoming life's difficulties, which leads the runners to block the feelings of pain or discomfort they may experience. And for this reason, this group had the lowest perception of effort but they also experienced the least pleasure during the race because for them, the biggest reward and thus the most pleasure comes after they've crossed the finish line, knowing they've just overcome a challenge. I feel strong. People applaud me for my courage. I did something that not everyone can do, said one of the runners in this group. Wow. That sounds very meta. But I get it, though. I mean, all kidding aside, I mean, there are a lot of people who, especially their first trail race or they're inching up there in distance. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah. So that's resilience. Let's see. And and what we want listeners to do is figure out which one of these three that they are. All right. So all of you resilience, hang in there. We're not done yet. So you're going to have to endure a little bit more pain as we 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 haven't crossed the finish line. The next one is called hedonists. These are runners that participate in trail races to enjoy nature, to discover new trails, to appreciate the beauty of the landscape, and to meet other trail runners. The researchers explain that the perception of pleasure during the race is much higher than resilience because they appreciate the proximity to nature. To illustrate this, one of the runners in this group said after the race, I prefer to make a moderate effort because I want to appreciate the beauty of the landscape. For these athletes, trail running is an opportunity to slow down a bit. Participating in this sport is a means of consolidating their autonomy in the face of abusive societal norms. 
the author stated. Wow. So that's hedonist, Stephen. I thought the hedonists were just going out there and just doing all the things, sowing their wild oats and kind of like seven deadly sins. But I think I understand what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they enjoy nature and they want to just get away from everything, relax and be in the moment. It's about the experience, about nature. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is the competitors. As this name suggests, these runners are more focused on the effort with the aim of achieving a good performance and overtaking their opponents. For them, trail running is a fight against the other participants. Quote, it was really difficult, but at the same time pleasant because I knew from the start of the race that I was the first in my category. Never had that happen. (laughs) Said one of the racers in this group. Another competitor added, I went to maximum effort today because it was the first time that I could beat someone who is usually better than me. And just for that, I'm proud of my performance. These athletes had a higher perceived effort, but their perceived pleasure was still remarkably high. <laughs> these, these singular and contradictory perceptions could be explained by the fact that these competitors accept a high level of effort that provides a good performance time and an honorable ranking, explained the researchers. Wow. Honorable ranking. I don't think I've ever experienced that before. Yeah, what is that like? Does that mean like all judges finish like your honorable ranking? Okay, well, interesting. So we have the three. We have the resilience. We have the hedonist and the competitors. Yes. So, okay. Stephen, what would you fall into? Of the three, first of all, do you feel like these are correct? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, as you were reading them, I was thinking through them. Let me ask you this, Jeff. So we'll, yes. we'll play a little game here. Ooh. Which one do you think I am? I think you're resilient. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Okay, because that's really funny. This is this is fun. Okay, so when you were reading it, or when I first saw it, I was thinking that in my mind that I'm a hedonist. But as you started reading the competitor one, I feel like that I'm actually probably mostly a competitor with a side of hedonist. And not a resilient at all. No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so you don't see trail running as sort of this life, like doing something big, finding yourself, doing something bigger than yourself kind of a thing. See, that's why I thought you would be resilient. This is going to sound horribly cocky, and I don't mean it that way. But I'm like, when I run a trail race, I expect to finish it. So the idea... Of course, that happened to me last race. I didn't finish, but I expect to finish it. So to me, I don't get a sense of accomplishment because I finish it, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So again, I don't mean that in any kind of like cocky or haughty way. I just feel like, okay, no matter what, I'm going to cross the finish line, except for my first DNF. True. Do you think it's partly because of your cross-country background? Because that's all about winning and beating the other teams. And yeah. Like that. So when you're reading that, that all that fresh smell and taste and i do like trying to pass people i don't think that's my sole source of pleasure but i do enjoy it but to me the hedonist uh, just being outside and enjoying nature now it's not like i'm running and going oh look at that beautiful tree but i do enjoy being outside so that's kind of why i think i'm more of like a competitor with a side of hedonist yep i yeah. can see that yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's i changed my mind from what i thought i was going to be but when you read it that's kind of where, where i was going where, where would you where would you peg me steven okay so f- for you 
I think you're definitely resilience. Yep. I feel like that's your number one. And then you you probably have a side of, of hedonist. I think the other thing, though, Jeff, I think there's a category that's probably missing that you would fall into if there was one. Clydesdale? Well, yes, Clydesdale would be. But I think there's some kind of communal one where if I had to create a, a fourth category, it's people who love to be out there because they love being around people. And I feel like you definitely fall in that category. I mean, you're a good runner. I think you you fit into the resilience one. But I also think you enjoy the atmosphere. And I mean, that can be nature. I know you also yep. like being outside, but I think you also enjoy the experience of people and the friendliness in the community. Yeah, and I think if you read the hedonists again, there, there's meet other trail runners. I think that's a little uh, bit part of the hedonists. Here's what I think, Stephen. Yeah. I don't think... Of the three, I don't think it's like, I am this one. Right. I think it's more of a pie chart. Yep. I think I am probably 70% resilient. I Crossing the finish line to me, that is the fun of right. it. It's not necessarily seeing all the, na- although I enjoy the nature. Right, right. I enjoy the meeting the people. So that's probably 20%. And then the other 10, you know, I, I do like to at least be doing okay relative to my age right? and, you know, Clydesdale group. Right. But I don't have to win. I'm not looking to win. That's not why I'm out there. So I'd say I'm probably 70% resilient, 20 hedonist and 10% competitor. That's a good way to do it. If I were to do my pie chart, I think I would probably be 60% competitor. I think I would be probably 30% hedonist and 10% resilience data scientists please fact check that to make sure that it equals to 100 does that add up i think it does if not we always have another episode of corrections we could be making in simple math something tells me we will be doing (laughs) some more of that for sure well listen jeff this is awesome and and we want to say thanks to the data sciences for doing all that crunching but unfortunately i think it was a different things lesson learned that we should definitely be more detailed in our description when we fill out our query applications with the data scientists but we just challenge you guys i mean which one are you are are as you're running right now are you more the hedonist are you looking around soaking it all in listening to the birds chirp and making you happy are you looking around seeing if you can look at your watch and beat your time or beat somebody in front of you or are you just happy to cross the finish line and you feel that sense of accomplishment after you are sipping on something looking at strava I love that. What do you think about Timmy time? Do you think what's, what would Timmy time be? He is 100% competitor. I think so too. With a side of competitor. No, but he likes meeting people. So I want to say he is 90% competitor, 10% hedonist. <laughs> yes. I think he takes a special joy in passing me at the end <laughs> because usually in the last mile, that's where that all goes south for me. But yeah, I think he's 95% competitor with a slice of hedonist. By the way, Sheila said she is a resilient oh really yeah i could see that totally never met her before but i think i could see that yeah (laughs) we know enough about her that we can make the determination sounds 100 percent correct i'm gonna assign some competitor to her though she does have a little bit of that sheila you may have to build a pie chart yeah we want to know your percentages and we'd love to hear yours as well so on social media let us know we'll do a post this week about this topic and we'd love to hear what you think your pie chart might look like well thank you to sheila for sharing that 
great article from Running Magazine. Thank you to the data scientists for all your hard work. And Stephen, thanks for the uh, the great feedback. Yeah. And if you actually have a psychological questionnaire that you'd like us to fill out while trail running, send that in too. I'd love to see what that looks like. Well, with that, that is Let's Ask the Data Scientists. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 61 of The Big S Runner. What a jam-packed episode. We made a few corrections to ourselves. We had a great a little segment there from Runstoppable Mo and really got some good information about what kind of trail runner are you? Yeah, I think that was a very interesting article. And we want to say big, again, big shout out and kudo to Jen Kirkpatrick for Absolutely crushing the grind. She grindstoned the grindstone. She grindstoned it out, and now she's making bread out of that grindstone. <laughs> way, way to go, Jen. Well, Stephen, is there anything we want the big-ass runner herd to do this week? Yeah, Jeff, there is one thing, and that's off of your big-ass announcement, that now that we have a big-ass website. So we say get out the biggest monitor you have. Go to BigAssRunner.com. Take a look around. This is a website we're pretty excited about there. There's all kinds of information on there. But more importantly, if you want to start your day off right, you need a big-ass mug to get your big-ass day going with some big-ass coffee. So what better way to wake up than wearing a big-ass shirt with your big-ass mug, with your big-ass monitor, looking at the big-ass website. It's so true. Yeah. You know, we've got on there, we've got merch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got a recommendation. So if you've heard of Stephen's new-ass stuff, a lot of that's on there as well. So if you're like, hey, what kind of running vest do I want to get? Or what kind of running jacket? Or right. what about that salts that y'all talked about way back on episode whatever? It's on there, Stephen. That's all. You know, it's funny. So real quick, we recommended the AeroPress Runstoppable Mo. And that's what I heard. I heard that she, she used it. She field tested it. And that's why she finished so well at that race. That's true. That's why she had enough caffeine to have the cat like reflexes. So here is the deep applied machine learning that we apply for all of our listeners. It's the least we could really do. It really is. Yeah. So check it out. It's www. Don't need to say that anymore, Stephen, because people know <laughs> bigassrunner.com. That's awesome. One day, maybe they'll have a .ass and we'll buy that domain. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, with that, Stephen, that wraps up episode 61. Thanks to, like you said, thanks to everyone that was on the show and to our awesome audio engineer, Steve Spaghetti Sauce Saunders. Keeping it fresh. Well, thanks again for listening. We really appreciate that. Thanks to all of our listeners. Go check out the website. Have a great week in running. Until then, get out there, enjoy those trails. And keep running your asses off. Whoa. Yeah, how about that? Have a big-ass morning. That's right, have a big-ass morning. Well, with that, that is... Wait. Thank you, PC... PDC Runner. PD, PDC Runner, yeah. We love the roads. Right. Nothing wrong with the roads. For, fact, for driving. For, for, for driving. <laughs>
you know, maybe, I don't know, other things. What else would you use a road for? I don't know. Roadway. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. (laughs) And this article said, I got to get the name of this article. Steve, you got your work cut out for you. Hold, please. Steve, thank you for, for doing all this. Thank you for being a friend down the road and back again. Something, something, and a confidant. Yeah, I I straightened them out because I said, Stephen, I said, scratch that, Steve, and remove themselves from the fast paced, urgent nature of the modern world. Participating, excuse me, Steve, I had a burp. Probably 70% resilient. 20 hedonist and 10% competitor. That's a good way to do it. If I were to do my part, try. <laughs> your part, your part. Uh, what are you laughing at? You did it again, didn't you? You left the water running, didn't you? What's wrong with you? Why do you do that? I told you not to do it. Harry, it's our calling card. Calling card. All the great ones leave their mark. We're the wet bandits.